Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone, episode 151, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. If you've never seen the show before, this is our once-weekly live show. We talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, news, entertainment, pop culture, and usually Star Trek. Uh, we do drink beer on the show. However, we do keep everything on the show family-friendly in both language and content. If you are drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know early on in the chat and we will give some early show shout-outs. Uh, all Super Chats are read on the air so long as they meet our family-friendly criteria. And if you'd like to join the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Show... Join the Patreon, link down in the video description below. Minimum donation $1 per month gets you exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, Rhett, Steve, John, the, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the ever-growing community over there. We live. Good. I made up for the yawn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to pump myself up a little bit, because I'm not feeling the energy tonight, so I'm just trying to, like, artificially... Ah! Get up. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll, uh, <clears throat> got to fix my hair. I'll be back. Yeah. Your foundation's totally wrong today. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, how's it going, Rhett? It's going. Just talking before. Life is crazy. Uh, time is in short supply. But here we are. Ever and always Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Talking Heads. Oh, so happy to be here. Yes. Me too. I'm glad you're happy to be here too. Someone's got to bring the energy. All right. Uh, let's see. On deck for tonight, we'll probably end up talking a little bit of uh, pre order talk for the, or not pre order, but trying to place your order talk for the RTX 3080. Uh, good luck. Uh, Microsoft bought Bethesda. Holy crap. Um, what else do we have on tap here? Uh, Anheuser-Busch is trying to buy even more craft breweries. Uh, and No Man's Sky. Has has it completed its redemption tour? Hmm? Hmm? Probably. A long time ago. Now it's just doing an extra lap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Anyway, uh, let's start this show out the right way. Uh, do you happen to have a drink tonight? I do. And if so, what is it? Mac and Jack's, baby. Mac and Jack's resolution? Nice. Everyone's going to judge me, but I don't care. Who cares? Let the haters hate. We were just talking about that, too. Let the haters hate. Uh, Patrick, evening, gents. Evening, Sir Patrick. Good to see you guys made it on. Well, John's not on the show, so we were only one minute late. Uh, let's see. Is that a Hero System book on the shelf behind Rhett? Yes, finally! I appreciates it. <laughs> hey, you want to show that off here? Yeah. Nice. Got all my books. But yeah, that's uh, Heroes 5th uh, Edition. Uh, Aidster Gaming, water, excellent. Uh, just got home, or just going to work now, no beer. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's see, drink of the night here, water on the rocks. A lot of water going out, out there tonight. Uh, drinking an Arizona tea and a water tonight. Yeah, 
Seems to be the popular choice down at the well this evening. I uh, got some Otter Creek bonus stage IPA tonight and some Jameson IPA edition later. Excellent. Uh, Skull drinking a clown shoes. Galactic cake. And just cracked some uh, grass from Moonraker. Rev. Excellent. Ah, and I just closed my chat. Come back. Come back, chat. There we go. Uh, I decided to go with two beers of, uh, we'll just call it highly contrasting styles. Um, so first off, I have a beer that was donated over to the channel from Novella Hub. This is Modest Brewing Dream Yard, a New England style IPA. Um, 7.1%. And apparently this got the number six in a recent nationwide uh, taste test for IPAs. So I'm very much looking forward to this. And uh, I thought I had drank all of these, but apparently I had not only one, but two left in my fridge. So I can drink one guilt-free, right? And that's the uh, Sandy Yam Governor's Reserve Pirate Stout. <laughs> so we're going to be cracking that one open a little later once it uh, warms up here. But we're going to start here with the Dream Yard. New England IPA. And yeah, getting a couple complaints about your mic. If you can turn that up, Rhett. Well, they're saying I was clipping. Clipping? I think that's the opposite of... Well, I just turned it down because they were saying I was clipping. Interesting. Let me know where we're at, folks. All right. Oh, that looks delicious. Yeah, they're talking about it in the uh, mod chat. Uh, Lavalin, neat, from Magic, excellent. What makes it a New England style? Uh, New England style IPA is a hazy IPA. Um, and what makes it hazy is usually either a, uh, a lot of the New England style will add lactose uh, during the fermentation process. Uh, it gives it a uh, various, it boosts a lot of the acid in the beer and leaves a lot of acid in the beer. Um, and it is one way of killing the yeast and preventing the beer from fermenting further, but you leave the lactose in there and you end up with this mix of flavors that some people like, some people don't like. Um, I'm 50-50 on New England IPAs. Uh, sometimes they're a little too acidic for me and that's all I end up tasting. Other people, they're the best thing since sliced bread. So. Heck yeah. I personally like a New England IPA. Yeah, I appreciate them. Um, this one's like, uh, the other thing the lactose does is it usually brings out more of the citrus flavors in, in the hop profile, um, because it's a little bit more of an acidic yeah. flavor. And so you, those usually end up coming through. And based on that, I'm getting a lot of pineapple in this, which I like, I like a good pineapple beer. Nice. That looks delicious. Oh, that's tasty. Ooh, not a lot of pineapple on the, the flavor, um, but it's very smooth, surprisingly smooth. That's very good. All right, uh, let's get into it. Let's start with uh, a little bit of RTX 3000 series talk. Um, so uh, did you get your order in, Rhett? Did you get, get a new 3080? Yeah, you know I did. Yeah. <laughs> Going to pair well with that 2200G. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, 
the the news this week was all about uh, pretty much bots taking over every single pre-order for every consumer electronic that was released in the last couple of weeks. Uh, because as soon as devices hit the market for sale, they were gone. They were no longer available. Uh, and you see a whole bunch of scalpers on eBay who happen to have parts or happen to have confirmed orders, and they're trying to sell them for double and triple. Uh, the really funny counter to this was uh, a couple people went out and made bots of their own that will go and aggressively bid up eBay prices uh, to prevent the items from selling, <laughs> which is just fantastic. As soon as devices hit... Now I'm coming through your stream. <laughs> now I can't hear you at all. What? Yeah, you're... You you sound like you're three rooms away from me right now. What is? Uh, I didn't even do anything but turn on the live stream. Yeah, I don't know. All of a sudden, you're dead. Oh, no. Dead to me. Let me verify with my other headphone because I'm half deaf. Should've... Now they're saying loud. What? Yeah, there's there's a lot of confusion going on with that. I'm confused because I can barely hear him. And on my monitor, he's coming through at negative six or seven dB. And all, all of a sudden I'm hearing loud, oh my God, my ears. Oh Lord. I, I'm not anything drastic either. Just a little bit of EQ. Yeah. Pain. My ears are now bleeding. Oh, Jesus. Huh. I'm, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. I can go back to the handheld, everybody. You all loved it so much. Uh, see what the C920 sounds like. Literally just switch to the, the webcam mic. See what that does. And it's quiet now. Yeah, now they're saying it's quiet. All right, what about now? See, now I can hear you. Um, and I've I've got a lot of gain in it. So let me adjust my settings real quick. Ah. OBS, there we go. Yeah, this could be the one, baby. All right, let's try that. I can hear you now. Skull said, though, before I switched over. Well, maybe it wasn't before I switched over. He said it was great, but... It was great, and then it wasn't, and then everyone's ears bled, and now no one can hear. Skull says in mod chat that the C920 is far worse. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, I don't know either. Should I go back to the room mic and just leave it how it was? We can try it. We can try it. All right, folks. Back on the room mic. All right, back on the room mic. I've got to regain you in uh, OBS because it doesn't like the... Oh, no, wait. He says you're okay now, but how did he know so fast? Good now. Okay now. I hadn't even switched. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Let's let's try it for like three minutes. Let's three minutes and then let's reinvestigate. How's that? Yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, an RTX thirty ninety. Yeah, yeah. So if you were trying to get an RTX thirty eighty, uh, there were rampant reports that a lot of people failed. However, I also saw a whole bunch of people on Reddit who wound up with cards. I also saw. Uh, Jace Two Cents put out a video today where the leaderboard on uh, 
single card uh, 3D Mark has been overtaken by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of RTX 3080s. So if no one's getting the cards, someone is using them. Uh, and I doubt it's all the same person or all the same bots that are doing it. So I think this is a combination of two things. I think number one, yes, there are bots that are sniping the EVGA, Newegg, Amazon, etc. listings uh, and buying up as many cards as they possibly can. And number two, I think it's just an immensely popular card after the 2000, after Turing was just wholeheartedly a letdown. Uh, as far as performance and price, you know, price to performance goes, because it was no better than Pascal. And so it's been four and a half years, five years since we've had a graphics card release where the consumer has gotten more for their money. Uh, and now we're not only getting more for our money, we're getting nearly double for our money. Uh, I think there's an itch that was waiting to be scratched and NVIDIA gave us just the right tool to scratch it with. So that's my that's my theory on the whole thing. I, I think it's a confluence of issues. Uh, and I don't think the bots are the biggest one. I think it's actual people who are the biggest issue. Yeah. Um, because manufacturers are shipping thousands of cards and they're going somewhere. They're just not going to everyone who wants one. So, uh, But there's another RTX card that was announced earlier this week that uh, you will likely never ever be able to get and it's probably going to be the best one and that is the RTX 3090 from MTech and it looks something like this so uh the first person I thought of was Luke over at uh Floatplane with his uh geode custom build uh he's got the what was it the G-Skill uh diamond um the whole blinged up memory and he he actually went through and acrylicked and siliconed a whole bunch of geodes to the bottom of a case and had it look like this earthy, like mineral mine looking thing. And then this graphics card comes out and I went, oh my God, that's the graphics card that Luke needs. But it's absolutely gorgeous. And they're talking like this will be probably the highest base clock available on an RTX 3090. So they are binning the absolute crap out of this card. Uh, and it's going to see a 5.3% higher uh, boost clock than any other advertised RTX 3090. But it's also only going to be available in Korea. Uh, this is a Korean uh, add-in board partner and they will only be selling it domestically. Uh, so you'll have to get your 24 gigs of GDDR6X fix from some other add-in board partner and uh, you won't quite, well, you might get the same performance from a, another board partner, but uh, you won't get the guaranteed boost clock that this one's gonna come with. Uh, and they're saying uh, some cards have already been seen uh, overclocked to about 2.1 gigahertz up from 1785. So having a good bend 3090 is, uh, Definitely going to be desirable for a lot of people. All right. Can everyone hear him now? <laughs> I don't have chat. I had to close it because apparently yep. all I did was mistakenly bring up the YouTube video to read chat and everything got ruined. So. Okay, that was weird. Uh, you're... Your audio went from like, I can barely hear you to like, 
And like, all of a sudden I can hear you clear. That's got to be your like noise gate or something on the other side. I don't have a noise gate. Oh, I don't have anything. And now you're peeking like, oh my God. Yeah, now you're peeking like hell. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, I, I had turned the compressor off. I just turned it back on. Oh, man. But what's going on? Sounds like he's talking in a tin can now. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll we're going to have to roll with it because I don't have time to troubleshoot anymore. It's already been 20 minutes. I wonder if Zoom is like, like doing something like Skype does where they like take control of your settings. Like normally I don't have as much of a problem with Zoom as I do Skype. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is bizarre. This is the first time I've ever used this mic for this, this setup. Yeah. But I use the mic all the time. Uh, right. The cable. I was kind of thinking some of the white noise people were talking about might be from like the interference from the lights and stuff like that, which uh, mm -hmm. um, shielded cable over here. Um, and it could mean that I've got like a shorted like preamp because I'm on phantom power. Uh, for this uh, for this mic here, but uh, I don't know how to test that. It all looks fine on my end, and when I sound tested earlier, it seemed fine. Yeah, you sound okay now. It's a little tinny now, but I, I think we leave it. Yeah, oh. yeah it's got to be it's got to be like Zoom compressing my the audio data. Yeah, so we'll do our best. Model cool, cool. All right. Um, so this is a story that went back and forth a couple of different times this week already. And that is, uh, there was a report out on Monday that Activision has leaked over 500,000 user credentials out into the wild. Um, and your Call of Duty account is being compromised as we speak. And they're doing 1,000 accounts every 10 minutes and blah, 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 blah. And then this morning, Activision comes out and says, no, we have not been breached. We have not leaked anything. Uh, we don't know where the reports are coming from, but they are grossly exaggerated if they are even true. Um, if you think something is wrong with your account, take the steps to protect your account, change your password, and you know, visit our website and follow the fact. Beyond that, we ain't detecting no leak. <laughs> crazy like i wonder what oof that's like a stock market play in like grand theft auto 5 this is like a heist right so you can like you know buy out something at really low price or like because otherwise i'm wondering like what is the benefit of this play you know i read this this morning before or maybe it was last night before the news came out that it was false and i was like oh right well, Activision is claiming it's false, and there are other users who are claiming it's true. Um, and there's it's the there's a couple users who are claiming it's true that are not just mom and pop operations. There there's some uh, people who actually run news sites. Um, like here's the Twitter of one. Uh, he's got a website called Responable, which is news leaks and rumors. And uh, he's claiming that, uh, yeah, it's legit. Change your activation uh, account passwords and add two-factor authentication immediately. Although activation doesn't offer two-factor authentication, so I'm not why, sure why he's giving that advice. Um, 
And then the gaming revolution is saying accounts uh, are apparently being leaked, so change your password, although that might not even help because they're apparently generating 1,000 accounts every 10 minutes, and I have no idea what that means. But, yeah, so there there are people out there who are more than just, you know, Joe Blow Twitter, uh, who are saying this is real, and Activision's on the other side going, it's absolutely not. So I'm not really sure who to believe at the moment. Uh, Murray says automatic gain control is lifting the gain noise floor when he's not speaking, and I, I am noticing that, where... I get some white noise when you're not talking, and then when you do talk, it drops. So I think Zoom is doing something with automatic noise suppression or something. Gotta be Zoom. There's nothing else. Yeah. That's my guess. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my settings real quick to see if... Uh, I did have... I have automatic uh, volume uh, adjust on, which I've never turned on. So uh, let's see if that helps. Yeah. Yeah, you can't turn off the suppressed background noise, but uh, I did turn it from auto to low. <laughs> so we'll see if that helps on my end of things. Well, um... <laughs> he's rocking the RX-8 of audio. Now, what about that? Yeah, because I can press. Uh, all of a sudden, you got a nasty hiss. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be. I wonder if that's the preamp in my uh, Phantom Power. Yeah. What about that? Now, what about that? That's way better. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? Suppress persistent background noise. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see if that works. Worn out or something. Hmm. That's weird. Time for a new mixer, folks. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! That's weird though, because I I sound tested everything before jumping on the call. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that fixes things. I turned off the uh, somehow automatic volume got. Uh, got ticked there and and uh, those automatic um background suppressions uh, were were running on auto mode so uh thanks for bearing with us folks this is the joy of live television that's right uh, i'm gonna they're gonna hire us to do late night before too long up the quality of those games you know it you know it i mean honestly the wonky sound issues just added the charm you know? right right uh should i switch to like you know, portrait mode or something like that and hold it from a shaky iPhone. Absolutely. Dude. And we got to record it from the, the front seat of your truck. Right, right. That's the only, like, news that I trust. Yeah. Uh, we, we could go uh, Steve Colbert and just report record it from our bathtub. Why not? We can go John Oliver from uh, White Void. I do like the White Void. I am a fan of that. It's grown on me. <laughs> We're joining you tonight from purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, 
One way to protect yourself from Activision leaks, folks, is uh, don't play Call of Duty. <laughs> simply, simply stop playing Call of Duty, right? <laughs> oh man, uh, old ones, guys. Yep. Everybody left now. They're really mad about that. Yeah, apparently. Now we're holding kind of steady. Uh, drink beer while in the shower. Uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been on camera on my channel drinking beer in the shower. Believe it or not. Yeah. Dollar Shave Club, right? That, that's right. Look, we all have our morning routines. By the way, this show is not brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Although Dollar Shave Club, you should call me back because I'd be more than happy to run an ad for you again. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I said, look, we all have our morning routines. You know, you wake up, you, you know, brush your teeth, you hop in the shower, you open your beer. Look, the point is, <laughs> what did I do prior to becoming a full-time YouTuber? Uh, I was an IT manager for about eight years. And before that, I was a uh, uh, network engineer, help desk, uh, that kind of thing. So, but uh, spent eight years as, a, as an IT manager. So, uh, Jack of all trades, master of few. <laughs> so this is definitely good. Although the acid is starting to build just a little bit. Um, very, very tropical. It's very, very good. Um, I'm just hoping that doesn't ruin it for the second half of the beer. Well, it might. Totally could. The often some of the bolder tasting beers, that's kind of the, the trouble is that in a flight, you drink it and you're like, man, that was incredible. But if you try to drink a pint of it, right. Like a half is like virtually undrinkable sometimes. Yeah. And I've, I've said this many, many times about uh, hazy IPAs in general, that sometimes I will really enjoy the heck out of four ounces of them, but the last eight ounces are unbearable. And especially when you get a full pint, um, like this one, I'm, I'm about a third of the way through it. Um, and I am still enjoying it, but there's a little ting right about there that it just burns just a little bit. And I'm hoping that, uh, that doesn't build. Uh, I just put it administrator for everything. Yeah. It administrator is probably the generic term for what I did. Um, because I was also in, um, I was a manager, but I was also an active engineer uh, in what I did. So primarily I delegated, but I also had my own server and data center responsibilities and uh, handled procurement, handled budgeting, hiring, firing. So all the nuances of running an IT department while also actively doing IT. So that's what I did. Uh, would you bathe in beer? Seems like a waste of good beer. Yeah. Would you bathe in Rainier? No, I would rather drink it. Just get yourself a curly straw while you're in there. <laughs> Bro, I ain't drinking any beer that's also been where my butt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. Uh, speaking of beer. <laughs> See. Oh, well done. Second, be second best segue only to Linus Tech Tips right here on Craft Computing. Uh, speaking of beer news, 
the U.S. has approved the Anheuser-Busch deal to purchase the Craft Beer Alliance, the Portland-based beer uh, conglomerate, not conglomerate, uh, coalition, I guess is what you would call them. Um, so the Craft Beer Alliance, probably the, the two largest members in there are Widmer and Kona. And uh, uh, the deal was kind of done a long time ago. Now, for those who don't know, Anheuser-Busch already owned about a third of the uh, the Craft Beer Coalition, or uh, CBA. Um, and they wanted to buy out the rest of them. Uh, well, Kona, which is one of the members of the Craft Beer Alliance, did not want to sell. Uh, so Anheuser-Busch made an offer price to the CBA under the conditions that Kona was part of the sale. Um, and as you all know, this has been kind of a tough year for craft beer, uh, for pretty much any industry, unless you're in shipping and receiving. Well, even hit USPS, I guess. Um, but uh, uh, we talked about this story upwards of a year ago. Um, and originally the CBA was sold, I wanna say for somewhere in the neighborhood of like $700 million. And then Anheuser-Busch came in and made an offer of like 450 for them. And they said no. And now the sale price is going to be 220 million. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think it was me on that show. And it was at the, the last craft, uh, last craft studio. Oh, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think it was two studios ago. That's what I was thinking. That we talked about it, yeah. It was the last house that I owned, not the one that I lived out in between. God, I forgot Craft Studios has moved a bunch. Yeah. This is my sixth studio, I want to say. Fifth, if you count my garage as, as, as not being one. <laughs> Because I only filmed one video in my garage in the old house. Because that was horrible. Capital Tap Room? Capital Tap Room, I did four or five videos. I want to say I did five videos. Um, and then I filmed one video from my garage. And it was abysmal. Uh, it was 105 degrees in my garage at 10 o'clock at night. And uh, so I would film for like two minutes and then go inside, stand in front of the air conditioner and like towel off and then walk back out and shoot again. And I'm like, this is not going to work. So th literally the next day we went up to Ikea and I bought desks and I went, I'm, I'm kicking you out of your sewing space. I'm taking over the family den. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cozy spot too. It was, it was nice. Had a fireplace right next to us. I like that. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, shame that a lot of craft beers are going macro. Um, to be fair, a lot of these companies have already been fairly macro. Uh, they still counted as craft beer mainly because of uh, their ownership, not necessarily because of their volume. Because if you go to a tap house nearly anywhere in the United States and you say, give me a Hefeweizen, you're getting one of two things. You're getting a shock top or you're getting a Widmer Hef. Yeah. End of list. Um, and Widmer is at more places than Shock Top is. Um, or I guess uh, Fat Tire is the other one. You can go you know, New Belgium Fat Tire. Um, 
but uh, so Widmer was already one of the largest breweries. It simply happened to be like the largest independent brewery. Um, so them going to Budweiser, I don't think anything will change. Nothing's going to change about Kona. Nothing's going to change about um, pretty much any anyone. Red Hook. Yeah. Nothing's going to change about those companies. Your beers have to be in stubbies now. <laughs> <laughs> imagine yeah it's like if you try to say sam adams is still craft beer and that's kind of the same point they're technically an independent brewery they're technically independently owned um by the sam adams corporation but they're one of the largest beer companies on the planet now they're they're still pocket change compared to you know in inbev coors miller etc but can you really count them as craft beer um I think they're a really good macro beer. Um, and I've, I've said the same thing about, you know what I think part of the problem is, Rhett? When I'm talking, it's cutting your mic out. I think there's some voice cancellation that's going on because when I'm talking, your bar is zero. That must be it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I guarantee that's it. Um, I don't know what's causing it. Zoom. Yep. Who knows? I will be aware of this. So, yeah, we'll just try not to talk at the same time. Yes. I don't know if this is a new Zoom feature or what to cut feedback, but we're literally on headphones, so feedback isn't an issue. But I don't know. Um, haven't seen a Red Hook in 10 years. Uh, we still see them here. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, you go down the, the list of beers, uh, their expansive portfolio of, uh, Appalachian Mountain Brewery, Cisco Brewers, Red Hook Brewery, Widmer, and Kona. None of those brands are going to change. So... Uh, Michelob Ultra wants to pay someone $50,000 to walk through national parks. Now, this was another story that I thought we had already covered before. Or maybe I made this up, or maybe it was something else. But I swear we talked about this at one of the other uh, craft studios when I saw the story. Um, uh, that was for the Appalachian Trail. Someone was giving away something for the Appalachian Trail to, to, to walk it. Right, yeah. And they were going to be like a beer ambassador, but it was like specifically on the trail or whatever. Right. It says, turn off your auto noise cancel. I'm in the audio section for Zoom. The only option that I have is suppress background noise and it's set to low. Automatically join audio with when the computer joins a meeting. Got that doesn't explain why we've had zero problems before. Right. Yeah. Um, I just used this mic to do a podcast the other day, so I don't really feel something could have happened, I guess. But it, it's got to be software, and I, I think it's Zoom because I don't know why, but that seems to be kind of the only 
bottleneck. If you trace the signal wise, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Oh well. Check that Zoom is not being fed two audio sources from his voice at the same time. It is not. I mean, it can only get one audio source, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> BIOS update? What would the BIOS have to do with anything? Turn right off and on again? No. Because we'll never get him back. Um... Yeah, anyway, uh, Michelob wants to pay you $50,000 to walk through America's national parks, um, assuming they ever open back up. <laughs> many of them are. Many of them are. That's true. Many of them are. Have you reset Rhett? I think that's technically murder. <laughs> There are advanced zoom settings via the web interface. There are advanced zoom settings via the desktop interface as well. Yeah, but when Spoon says it, I tend to trust him. So I'm looking. I'm looking. Uh, settings. Meeting. Guys, thank you so much for tolerating us. In the meantime, I think I earned a second beer. I think you did too. What are you going to have? Ale Breaker Top Cutter IPA, baby. Ooh. I've, I've had their bottom cutter. Their bottom cutter is fantastic. Hmm. I don't know if I have. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is the only Ale Breaker I've had. I'm going to drink it out of a can like a God-blessed animal. <laughs> Excellent filter there. Oh, wow. That's thick. That's uh, thick flavor-wise, not thick beer. In-meeting. <laughs> <laughs> um, in Report participants to Zoom, breakout room, remote support, closed captioning, save captions, far-end camera control, group HD video. Um, Welcome to Craft Computing ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Video filters, identify... Guest participants in the meeting webinar, auto answer group in chat, uh, only show default email when sending email invites, allow users to select stereo audio in their client settings. I'm not seeing anything about noise suppression. Nothing. Can't help but feel it's something that I'm doing wrong, but I tested it all. I tested it. Right. Who knows? Done thinking about it, though. I can hear you now, and we kind of know how to work around the issue. We should be polite to each other anyway and not talk over each other. Yes. Absolutely. Correct. On all counts. Uh, Taco Bell was selling a wine. Not just any wine, a wine they uh, made themselves, and it was called the Jalapeno Noir. Which, by the way, Credit for the name, because that's freaking awesome. Uh, but Taco Bell's Jalapeno Noir sells out on day uno, on day one. Uh, they're hoping it will be available later on. Um, they're hoping uh, noise suppression is in Windows 10 control panel. 
Which control panel? There's three of them in Windows 10. Good God. Bless your patience, Jeff. I know. My favorite part of this story is that it's from Cheesy Kalupa Estates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh. App volume and device preferences. Hey, look, there's nothing but volume levels. Manage sound devices. I can select a sound device. Device properties. Nope, I can disable or test it. Nope, don't know. Oh, well. Yes. Do I sound different? Uh, always. Oh. Whatever. I'm not going to bother with it. Uh, yep, Sorry, uh, I don't care anymore. Hey, we talked at the same time. Did you catch that? I heard you. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Huh. There it is again. What? Nice. Did we solve it? I don't know. It's the second beer. That must have been it. Yo, high five. Well, that was awkward. <laughs> we tried. Uh, from the press release, Taco Bell is unveiling a buzzy new menu item to toast the relaunch of a Toasted Cheesy Chalupa, a fan favorite, which, by the way, the Toasted Cheesy Chalupa is freaking amazing. Um, and it always bummed me out that they got rid of that one because it's delicious. Yeah. Um, uh, fan favorite, the fast food chain is releasing a Pinot Noir to pair, with, to pair it with uh, the Bell's first exclusive house wine and first wine partnership. The limited edition bottling uh, from Queenston Mile Vineyard on Canada's uh, uh, Niagara-on-the-Lake region uh, is only available in select Toronto areas uh, and locations on the brand's website, and it's called uh, the Jalapeno Noir. I would totally drink this. Yep. 100%. Yep. Subi says uh, second beer solves everything. Absolutely. I fully agree. Hitting the peak of that bell curve, baby. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know the one. The Balmer Peak. Thank you. I knew you'd know the name of it. <laughs> You were the one that taught me at the Balmer Peak, so... I did. I did. <laughs> uh, although Steve is the one who's perfected it. Mm. So... I believe it. Yep. All right. Um, so let's get into a conversation which will probably take up the rest of Rhett's time. Well, and we'll that is... See. Rhett. We know what subject matter will come out of this. Mm. Mm. Because it's all related... Let's just go straight to it. And and uh, Rhett is very happy to announce that Microsoft has purchased not only the best game franchise, but the best game title of all time and all rights therein too in the Evil Within franchise yeah. from Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. I honestly don't know how to feel about the acquisition. I don't know how you feel about it. Um I'm pretty high on it. I'm pretty high on it. Yeah. Um, because Zenimax has been, to put it bluntly, they've been dicks over the years. Um, their their handling of a lot of things with QuakeCon, the the Fallout from Fallout seventy six. Um, you know, the only thing that took that off the radar was the Blizzard. Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> like. Like that's that's what it took to get Fallout seventy six back off of the hate bandwagon was. Is seventy six playable yet? Like, is it a thing? I've not heard about that game 
in a long time. It's still kind of a thing. As far as I know, it's just as buggy as it always was. They added a couple NPC characters, so you don't always have to team up with your friends to go do things. But that was ill-conceived from the start. Yeah. Um, I was at that announcement at QuakeCon for Fallout 76, and it was embarrassing then. Yeah. I mean, again, we've talked about this a whole bunch, but it's, that's sort of the pitfall of when you become big and you start having accountants and shareholders making your decisions. Mm -hmm. And, and they said, you know what? You know what we need? We need a monthly subscription MMO using our biggest franchise. And we need it to have all of the, the microtransactions that we could ever stuff into a game. Uh, and we need it out in seven months. Yeah. Is, is pretty much the pitch meeting for Fallout 76. And they went, uh, that's never going to happen. And they said, oh no, it's going to happen because you're going to make it happen. You know what story that sounds wildly familiar to is I was just watching High Score on Netflix, uh, episode one, uh, and they cover the E.T. Uh, game. Yep. And it was like the same thing. Like they were like, you got three months to make E.T. And he was like, yeah, of course. And he like went to Spielberg and he like pitched Spielberg his game. And he's like, let's do it. And it just ended up being a massive, horrible flop. Yep. Yeah, I, lo I love that the excavation actually turned over ET cartridges. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that that whole thing was so ill-conceived and, and reeked of corporate overreach and, and just a, a flat-out money grab. Yeah. It was a game engine that was never designed to have multiplayer built into it, let alone be an MMO server. Um, uh, all of the interactions and all of the controls happened on the player side. So, of course, hackers ran wild with that because you still had a full unlocked console to insert whatever code you wanted into the game, and there was no authentication by, on the server side of things. And so cloning items, giving, making yourself invulnerable, messing with other players... The server never checked anything, and so there was no security within the game. It, I mean, just from that standpoint, it was laughable and unplayable. But it was also glitched to all hell and made yeah. absolutely no sense because you were walking from place to place collecting data cassettes to play back a story that had happened 20 years prior and then fighting a couple of, of ghouls on the way. Yeah. That was it. Riveting. And then, oh, our convoy's on the way. We'll be there in 18 months. We need you to create a village, but no one's going to live there. <laughs> That's a story I want to stick around for. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that whole whole thing was just an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall, you know, like I, I was kind of saying, it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that people are feeling good about it. Overall, it's like I'm a little conflicted because I'm always of the mind that a company like Microsoft, sorry. Microsoft uh, has a certain history. You're not and, wrong. And not only that, it's, you know, they're buying up all of these tentpole production studios. It's like Disney. You know what I mean? It's like Disney buys Fox so they can vault all of this stuff that's going to public domain soon. I'm not saying Microsoft is going to, nothing is going public domain and they got to vault it or whatever, but it's, it, they're buying up all the, I, I read a stat, I think it was, uh, I don't remember where I read it, but it was like they own 25% of like the largest IPs in video games. 
mm-hmm. if, if you calculate like how much money they made um which is fine there's nothing wrong with that i'm down you know like they did a good thing for minecraft because uh minecraft was suffering from an acute case of founder was a jerkitis (laughs) (laughs) and uh they kind of saved minecraft from you know um whatever his name is i can't remember it notch thank you yeah um i will say um you're not wrong microsoft has a history Microsoft has a not so great history of buying up companies or competition and turning them into either A, cash cows, or B, just eliminating them. Um, They've got a history. Um, I'll come back with kind of the argument that I've made for Microsoft with Linux integration over the last couple of years. I think under Nadella's leadership, Microsoft is not that company. Right. They they are not the company that is anti-consumer, as weird as that sounds. Right. Um, just about everything outside of their server licensing program uh, <laughs> has been fairly consumer friendly uh, over the last number of years. Microsoft's the one that's pushing for... Um, uh, uh, multiplay, crossplay. Yeah. Uh, they're the one that started that. Yeah. That said, you know what? Any platform you want to join our servers, come on in. Well, and what's more is, you know, a little bit more specific towards gaming too. I think the Games Pass is one of the best things to happen to gaming. Like I wasn't sure yes. about it, but I wanted to play the Outer Worlds and I could do so for a dollar at the time because it was a dollar to try out Games Pass for a month. And I could get the Outer Worlds for free with the Games Pass, install it on yep. my computer, play the hell out of it, had a blast, and I've had Games Pass ever since. Right. And I don't, I'm don't, i not sitting here with a full library of stuff installed, but I have access to it, and, um, and, it's, and it's great. And you can install this stuff on your Xbox if you want, or your PC, however you want to do it, which is, that's awesome right there in and of itself, just that sort of, cross-platform functionality. Right. Um, uh, so I was watching a, a streamer news with Epos uh, Vox last Friday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Um, and he was talking about the Xbox One Series S, which I'm not going to go into the naming scheme of the Xboxes right now, but it's the stupidest thing ever. Oh, God, yeah. Um, go for days. Do you want the Xbox One S or the Xbox One X or the Xbox One Series S or the Xbox One Series X? Because they're all different consoles. Or just the Xbox One. <laughs> right. Or just the original Xbox One. Oh, the original Xbox? No, no, no. The Xbox One. Well, what's the original? The Xbox Xbox. The XX Box. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, he was talking about, and, and I, I kind of touched on it last Wednesday, about the financing options for getting an Xbox One, specifically the Series S. Um, it's a $300 console. You can get it financed for $25 a month for 12 months. That's $300. At that price, you also get Game Pass included with your purchase. So no upfront cost. If you already pay 15 bucks for, uh, for Games Pass, add $10 to that and you can have an Xbox One Series S. 
25 wow. a month for a year. It's 120 bucks for an Xbox One Series S at the end of the year. And that, and that that is flat out not only the best deal that's going on right now, but perhaps one of the best deals that gaming has ever seen. Yeah. Um, they don't give away consoles. The SNES didn't say, here, buy an SNES and we'll include 70 games for free with it. Yeah. You know, that was back when you were... People gawk about like, I'm never going to pay $70 for a game today. I paid $70 for Final Fantasy IV. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember like really before the PlayStation 2, um, you were paying well over, you know, this standard sort of $50, $60 that we settled on. Right. I remember buying a Nintendo 64 cartridges for like $70, $80, $90. Yeah. New. Yeah, that was not unheard of. Um, the PlayStation 2, uh, when competition entered the market and all of a sudden there's more than just Microsoft, or, uh, uh, Nintendo and Sega, because Nintendo and Sega were the ones ramping the prices up yeah. in, in the mid-90s. Um, and they were getting that that $70, $80 price point sometimes. That was 1994 money. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're talking $120, $130, $40 for a game. Um, good games, and and you can get some games in the the forty dollar price point, which is still seventy dollars today. You know, it's not cheap. Yeah. Um, it's a big but, deal. But uh, but all of a sudden, when Sony came in and they opened up the uh, the the marketplace, so it didn't have to be licensed by by Sony on the console, and anyone could make a game if they wanted it to, and print a disc and and ship it out, and get the PlayStation logo on it, and run it on the console. Um, all of a sudden we started getting games for 20, 30 bucks that were brand new, that were triple A titles. Yeah. Um, and that pricing kind of stuck for a while. And so in the early two thousands, all of a sudden we went from 50, 60 bucks for games to 20 or 30 bucks for brand new games. And then, uh, mid two thousands, we were paying 40 bucks and then you got like the, the budget or the gold series, like Xbox games for 20 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, and then attend or the PlayStation graded sits for 20 bucks. And then we've slowly climbed from there, but right around 2011, we crossed the 50 into $60 range and it's held at 60 yeah. since like 2011. Um, I think people are very hard pressed to spend more than that. I know I am. Right. I, I do not buy new games. I, notoriously, you all have heard me talk about this, like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Spider-Man. Uh, like that's my new games budget for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's kind of hard to push it past that. Just, you know, if, I guess if you're looking at like market research, maybe I'm totally, uh, underestimating my fellow gamers here, but, uh, you know, at least for me, I'd be, I'd be priced out pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and then it, it kind of brings up to a funny joke that I saw on Twitter that I thought was really funny too. Uh, they said that, uh, Microsoft finally figured out how to get you to buy Skyrim once a month with games pass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, the joke being, of course, that everybody has bought Skyrim five, six, ten times even. I've, over the last... I've, I've bought it at least three times. I've bought and it I'm, three times too, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of ashamed to say that. I'm well, part of the problem. There are a few games that I've bought multiple times. Skyrim is one of them. Um, I've also bought, uh, I bought Grand Theft Auto 4 uh, twice. I bought it for the 360 and then I bought it again for the PC when it was released. Bought it on opening day both times. 
Um, I bought GTA 5 multiple times. I bought that for the 360. I also bought that for the PC as soon as it released. Yeah. Um, I bought Red Dead Redemption 2 twice because uh, a friend of mine was... Uh, he came over to my house so I could build him a PC. And I said, what do you got going for the rest of the day? I, like on his way out the door. And he goes, oh, I was just going to go to GameStop, trade in my Xbox, see what I could get. He, I said, what Xbox? He goes, oh, I've got an Xbox One X, the release model. I said, well, how much do you think they're going to give you for it? He goes, I don't know, like 60 bucks. I said, here, here's 60 bucks. Here's cash. <laughs> nice. And so I bought an Xbox One X just so I could play Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. I bought Red Dead Redemption 2 at release, and then I gave the console away to a friend of mine for Christmas. <laughs> um, and then I bought Red Dead Redemption 2 again on release day for PC. So, yeah. yeah. If it's Rockstar, I'll probably buy it on release twice. Just... I mean, you know, that was the thing. I kept seeing all the, like, Reddit posts about Red Dead Redemption 2, and it's, like, one of those, like, you want to be a part of the phenomena when it's unfolding, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, you you want... Like, same with, with GTA Five. It's, like, the yeah. same way. You want to be a part of it as people are discovering things for the first time. I want to discover something and post it onto Reddit. Right. I want I want to see something in the world before I see it come up on a Twitter feed. Right. Um, 100%. You know, and, and that's yeah. kind of the magic of that game. So uh, I didn't get into Breaking Bad until years after it had started. And I, I ended up binging most of it until the sixth season. And then uh, um, then I, I kind of fell off for a little while. And then the second half of season six started. And I didn't watch like any of it. Um, because I, I was doing other things or I, I think my daughter was born around that time. Um, but, uh, anyway, I remember the day that the season finale or the series finale came out and, uh, I was, uh, driving to work and I turned on the radio and they, the DJs come on the radio and they go, Oh my God. And I turned it off. I'm like, I'm not listening to music today. I'm done. <laughs> I, I will not be, if I can get through today. I will not have the story ruined for me and uh, turned off Twitter, turned off. I didn't go on to any news site. I didn't go on to Reddit. It's like, I'm not going anywhere today that has the possibility of me getting spoiled by some jerk. And uh, I made it through pretty much the entire day. I get into my car to drive home and I turn it on sports radio. Oh, just, just to like, like hear the, what are the scores for the day? Basketball scores, that kind of thing. And as soon as I click it over, the guy goes, I told you he was going to die. <laughs> Sports betraying you yet again, Jeff. You sons of... <laughs> what are you going to learn? so mad. What are you going to learn? I was so mad. That right there, folks. That's why I don't do sports. Yep. Except for, except for the Blazers. Well that, well, that and your physical acumen, but... Well, hey... Hey, <laughs> shush. Okay. Sensitive. Wow. It's not my fault. Okay. Just a little bit of extra around the midriff. <laughs> Doesn't mean I can't. Look, coach says I drop, drop 10 LBs. Now I'll take you to the rack, son. They'll put me in. Yep. <laughs> They'd have put me in. We could have won state. <laughs> um,. Anyway, uh, big news coming out of the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda is literally within 24 hours, every single Bethesda title ever written is now on Game Pass. Yes. So if you had Game Pass, it just got a whole lot Bethesda better. Including the best game ever, Morrowind. Dishonored. 
you shut your mouth. Dishonored doesn't even rank compared to Morrowind. <laughs> Dishonored? Okay. <laughs> troll! Troll alert, everybody! Dishonored was great. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. Okay? Fantastic. Top tier. Morrowind was great for its day. Mm-hmm. Which we're still living in, thanks to the modding community. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they're trying so hard to get it onto a modern engine. Uh, yeah. No, that's just got, for bro? fun. That's just for fun. <laughs> they don't care about modern engines, son. That's just like a, a project. Yeah, because who didn't love jumping around to no. gain your athletic ability up? See, that's not them trying to bring it to a modern engine. That's them trying to bring Skyrim back to, back to the <laughs> glory days. <laughs> <laughs> And that's them trying to take us back to when they knew how to make games, you know? Yep. Um, uh, so Parker says, also guaranteeing it'll never come to Linux. Actually, if you've been following along with a lot of what I've been saying, Microsoft has been one of the biggest pushers of cross-platform coding of the last three, four, five years, releasing all of their development kits on Linux, uh, releasing .NET development engine inside of Linux, releasing PowerShell inside of Linux for free. No licensing, just use it. Um, and allowing anyone to do whatever they want. Uh, there's the Linux subsystem for Windows or the Windows subsystem for Linux, which runs inside of Windows. Um, and I've been on record as saying I have a theory that the Windows kernel of the next major revision of Windows is going to switch over to a Linux kernel. Um, and then Linux will win. Linux will be what people use. Um, so that's my theory. So never coming to Linux. Actually, I think there's never been a better chance of that because ZeniMax wasn't going to bring it to Linux. There's no chance of that. Microsoft? Microsoft actually might. Crazy. Uh, Elder Scrolls is better, I think, than the games you said. Uh, Elder you. Scrolls as a whole, yes, I fully agree. I love the Elder Scrolls series. Those are also games that I buy on release day. Uh, <laughs> Rockstar and Bethesda, if they release a game, I pretty much buy that game at release. There's not many other games that I can say that about. Very few studios. You know, overall, honestly, like all the other games that are kind of in their their repertoire, I, I honestly don't jump on. You know, everybody's kind of everybody's on the doom wagon and all that sort of stuff. Which, hey, I'm all for. I'm, I'm very happy for you all. Um, the new Doom looks incredible. Um, not for me. American Cosworth, uh, name the most recent version of of uh, Embrace, Extend, Extinguish. Name the most recent time it's happened for me. I told you, Microsoft has a history. Microsoft has a dirty history. They're not friendly. They haven't been friendly. Under Nadella's leadership, they have been one of the most forward-thinking, open, and embracing, and only embracing companies that have been out there in the tech sector. That's it. You know, th that's kind of one of the 
you know, I don't know if it's quite the same idea, but that, that's one of the ideas that I was reading about today when I was reading about the, the acquisition is that is that it seems like a really good way to sort of do what they call in the Magic the Gathering community hate drafting. They're kind of buying up Zenimax and Bethesda to kind of screw with the, the sort of um, video game playing field, if you will, to sort of deny Sony and other competitors. This, this is a shot across the bow of Sony, to be clear. It absolutely is. Um, because the Elder Scrolls, Doom, you could throw Dishonored into that mix. Yeah. Um, uh, Prey, those are big, big titles. Yeah. Um, but so is Spider-Man 4. So is The Last of Us. So is uh, Colossus. So is God of War. So is, you go down the list of the exclusives that Sony contracts out. Um, what is the, the most recent one? The uh, Zero Dawn, Horizon. Oh, yeah. Um, that just recently came to PC. Yeah. Um, Sony's been the one that's been playing the exclusive battle more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Microsoft's uh, stand, standpoint has been, we're going to stop playing the exclusive battle which is why they don't have any exclusives right now, right. which is why everything is available on PC and Xbox or it's available on PlayStation. It's because Sony's still trying to continue that battle and Microsoft stopped. Microsoft said, yeah. well, if it's available on two platforms, we can sell it once or twice. We'll sell it to everyone as long as someone buys something. Right. And so that's the way they're trying to play this game now. But holding on to Bethesda does two things. Number one, if they want to hold it off of the PlayStation, they're more than welcome to. Number two, if let's say you have a Game Pass subscription and you have a PC, are you going to go out and buy a $60 Bethesda game? No, because you can play it on Game Pass already. Yeah. What if you have a PlayStation? Would you pay $60 for a Bethesda game? Now we're making money off Game Pass and we're making money off Sony users. Yeah. Yeah, it's a smart move. I and you it. make more money overall. Overall... The, a lot of the days of I'm buying something for myself and I own it forever, those are those are fleeting. Those are fading away. And that really sucks. It really sucks for uh, historical reasons. It really sucks for preservation reasons. Um, it really sucks from a consumer standpoint in some in some ways. Um, on the upside, we're getting access to the Microsoft Games Library for $15 a month. But that games library is also at the will of Microsoft in what titles they want to make available to us. Yeah. yeah um, that's kind of the big thing. If you look at it, it's like, oh man, I'm going to play this game for 15 we, bucks a month. And then six months in, it's off the library. Yep. We went through the same exact thing with Netflix, where Netflix was, Netflix ended privacy or piracy overnight. Yeah, oh yeah. Because people, people, for the most part, there's some jerks out there but for the most part, want to pay for their content, yeah. want to pay for the shows that they watch. And piracy was so easy and so accessible that, well, why would I pay $800 for the entire box set of ER when I can just download it from Pirate Bay? Um, and so all of a sudden piracy ran rampant. And then Netflix came in and said, we'll stream every show that's ever been made to you for $8 a month. And people went, well, heck, that's a lot easier than pirating. And... It ended that entire thing literally overnight. Um, and then 
the studios and distributors and broadcast corporations went, well, why are we paying Netflix 20% to host our videos when we can just host them ourselves and charge charge more than Netflix is charging? You know, let's charge $12 a month for CBS All Access. Let's charge $15 a month for this and that. And let's make sure that we're still roped into cable and satellite subscriptions for ESPN. So yeah. they have to... So, and so all of a sudden we went from a, you have to have cable to you have to have Netflix to now you have to have CBS, ABC, Hulu, NBC, Disney Plus. List goes on and on and on and on and on more than I could even fathom. There are streaming services out there I have never heard of. Yeah, I was looking at one. Uh, Do you know the library offers like a streaming app? Yes. Kind of cool, actually. Yeah. I just got, uh, I think it's, uh, they they have one for like library books and audio books uh, here locally to us. Overdrive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yo, my my wife uses free. my wife uses it all the time. Yeah. It's dope. Anyway, they have one too for shows and movies and stuff. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it's called, but uh, it's like you know, if it's available, you can rent it or borrow it or whatever. Yep. Library it, library it. Um, <laughs> right there. Yeah, yeah, but it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, there's there's so much. It's basically just subscribe substituting cable anymore for a dozen different subscription services and by the time it's done you're actually paying more because, right well uh you can't live without getting nickeled and dimed um no it was too good to have a service that had everything and they could have just i don't know charged netflix more to license their property and thus maybe pass the a, a, a few dollars onto the consumer that way but no yep they need to have your email address because they didn't actually make a sale if they can't mail you all of their freaking updates and newsletters we can't advertise to you what's the point of having your money right i hate them i hate them it's one reason uh you know i haven't really watched picard yet i was just thinking about this the other day because it's like i need to watch tv shows what haven't i seen it's like "Ah, i don't care about tv anymore i was like wait a minute but picard I always meant to jump on CBS All Access and get like the one month free and just binge it ever since it was done. But it's like, I also don't want to create an account. You know, I right. don't want to go through the whole thing of like downloading the app. And I, I fell into that trap with CBS All Access because I signed up for a free trial to watch Picard and I watched Picard and then I never canceled it. And so I had CBS All Access coming out of my credit card for three months where I wasn't watching anything. Yeah. But then Lower Decks started, and so I went, well, I already have CBS All Access. I might as well just keep it so I can watch Lower Decks. Yeah. And so it's still being charged, and I watch one show a week. Is that show even worth the cost of the subscription, though? And I'm not trying to knock, you know, the makers of the show. I'm just saying, like, like realistically, is the cost of the show, the value it brings to your life, the equivalent of the value that leaves your bank account? As a recently self-employed family man, <laughs> the answer is <laughs> probably not. Um, it's eight bucks a month for what I watch is about a show a week, and so about four shows a month, so it's about two dollars an episode. Because what else on CBS are you even going to watch? Survivor. What? Survive the best of Survivor ended ten years ago. I know. Oh, you were just putting something out there. I right. See. You said, I what see. else are you going to watch? 
I gave you a, gave you an option. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, now you know what to do to get your money's worth, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you need to binge all of Survivor. There you go. You just put it on the background while you're working. Yeah. If next time, if I can't watch a craft computing video without hearing Survivor in the background, you failed. Yep. You'll be voted off the island. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> do I get to come back for All Stars? Probably. Because uh, only the losers come back for All Stars. No, I'm just kidding. You're not a loser. And the losers don't come back. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just and, trying and, to knock it all, all Survivor. <laughs> NCIS, small town in Iowa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Cosworth. Uh, I like that. That was pretty good. Mm. Except Iowa's a great state. The, okay. the naval base in Des Moines has their own investigation team. That is... These Iowa, are their stories. Iowa is where Captain James T. Kirk was born. Yes, Don't knock was. Iowa. I'll knock Iowa. Slipknot's from Iowa. So. Sorry if you live there. I, I know a couple of you do. <laughs> um, yeah, so all that to say, um, Microsoft bought Cinemax and Bethesda, and uh, it should be interesting. It's cool. Play Morrowind. Yep. Modding community is alive and well. I think they came out with uh, Morrowind Rebirth uh, 2, version 2.0. Enjoy, kids. Brand new Morrowind if you've already played. Oh, you going for it. That beer goes in a glass. Clean one, even. That's the beer I drank, I think, on the first remote show. It's um, to me. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Ooh. Uh, I have a couple more beers for you, too. Oh. I kind of sloshed this one, yeah. Um, I have the uh, the Archer Danger Zone, which was Ooh. a phenomenal IPA. Yeah. Like, holy crap. What is this and how can I replace my blood with it? <laughs> um, Easy. It was good. Beer transfusion. Yeah. Um, one sec. Here. Sorry. Oh, you're all good. I'll hold this down. So, Morrowind. Uh, 2002, uh, best game of that decade, probably the best game of this decade. I don't think games have really ever recovered from that peak. From from what peak? <laughs> Morrowind. <laughs> Rhett, seek help. I thought you were going to be gone longer. I, I built you a better computer so you can move on from Morrowind. Now I can hit all the HD texture packs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, you I broke can me. Finally, use the Morrowind graphics overhaul the way it was meant to be used. Uh, I think I played that when Oblivion came out. Yeah. The okay. the texture overhaul. Yeah, it's so nice. That's the thing. I was, you know, uh, one of my computers. Uh, let's see, what, the machine I was running seven years ago. I can't even remember what I had, but uh, but uh, Skyrim. I finally bought Skyrim after instead of running my roommates. Um, copy of it with a the Russian launcher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I finally bought Skyrim. I was like, okay, but I had to run it all on low, and the game was playable. It was excellent, but it looked kind of, kind of funny. Didn't look great. Yep. But then I was playing Morrowind with the graphics overhaul, and it looked as good as my Skyrim looked. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, you're you're probably not wrong in that. It just didn't have the uh, the ragdoll physics and all that sort of stuff. It looked just as good. It uh, it just played a little jankier. Yeah. <laughs> Always made me laugh. I was like, look, I can see my reflection in this shiny breastplate here. I can't do that in Skyrim. <laughs> I will say, I remember when Oblivion came out and you you go through the dungeon and uh, and you get your bow and arrow and whatnot, or you go through the sewers, yeah. uh, through the secret exit. Uh, and, after uh, Picard dies. Yeah. After Picard dies, right. Spoilers. Um, and uh, And you come out through the sewer grate and you're looking at like this green hill and you walk over the hill and there's that little lake be- beneath it. I went, oh my God, that water looks amazing. Yeah. Like that was my first impression in 2008. You know what's crazy Was though? water will never get any better. You know what's crazy though is like Morrowind's water looked amazing too. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, because Morwen, you know, what, what year did Far Cry come out? Because I kind of remember, like, Far Cry 1 was, like, the epitome of, oh, like, water. Oh, 4? I want to say. Remember, I remember playing oh, Far three, Cry. Oh, 3, 4? Yeah, it had to have been a right around in there, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, I, Crisis was 2007, Far Cry 2 was 2008. And those were both both CryEngine 2. So, I, yeah. yeah, I want to say oh, 04 was, was Far Cry 1. And I remember the first time you see the water in Far Cry, and I was just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. But it was comparable to, like... You know, Morrowind, granted, like, the the physics of the water was different. I think, like, you know, whatever Morrowind did, they were, it was a little jankier, it was a little bit, it, it wasn't like. Well, you've played the engine, you know. Right, yeah, I do know. <laughs> Shut up. It, it, it wasn't like true <laughs> reflections or whatever, you know. It was much more, yeah, I, you know, I can't even, I can't even begin to describe it. And I do game dev. Uh but anyway, all that said, Morrowind's Water, it's one of those things like the graphics overhaul over the years like hasn't even had to touch it because it still looks bomb, you know? <laughs> it's, you know that it's kind of janky and scripted and fake and stuff, but it, it holds up. Or oh, you're Googling it now, huh? No. Oh. <laughs> but remember back then in Oblivion in those days, like that was like what set a game apart you're like look at the water <laughs> the water is amazing like I, I remember coming over that hill and going oh my yeah. god yeah um trying to remember the hardware i even had in 2008 <laughs> no. um you know the big card that had come out that i had uh well my brother had uh oh no i actually do 6800 gtx is what he had bought, the nvidia 6800 Nice. Um, so, you know, in 2008, I had just bought a uh, my second ever dual processor system. Not dual core, dual processor. Um, so a guy on Craigslist had, by the way, uh, for those who don't know, we live near Portland, and uh, which is where the Intel headquarters is at. And so sometimes some things find find their way to the used market that they fall out of a truck. Or they, they fall out of a truck. Get stuck and, on a guy's shoe. Then and, and you go, hey, look what I found in the grass right here. Huh? <laughs> funny. Um, so on Craigslist, I found a listing for a uh, non-released uh, Intel motherboard with a pair of Xeon processors on it. This was a Socket 604, and what it ended up being was an engineering sample for the Nikona core which was the Xeon equivalent of the Core 2 Duo and what would become Core 2 Quad. 
So these were dual core hyper-threaded um, uh, chips and there were two of them on the board. And so in 2008, I was running four cores, eight threads. Um, and uh, and I think I had, and the board had AGP. It didn't have PCI Express on it because it was uh, circa like 2005. So it was right at that transition period and they only went AGP on it. Um, but uh, I think I had an ATI HD2400 in AGP, which was never officially supported by ATI. Um, on the AGP socket or slot. And so the drivers were janky as hell and it would constantly crash. But when it ran well, it really ran well because I had eight cores or I had four cores, eight threads and an HG2400 on a bad bus. <laughs> nice. That was a weird, that was an interesting era. I feel like that whole sort of transition almost. Uh, did we have another story to get to? Uh, we have like one, maybe two, but we've also got like 40 minutes to kind of meander through them. So, so I wanted to talk about something when we get a chance. Sure. Uh, let's circle back to it. It's uh, not important. It, it's barely related to anything, but I just have to talk about it because it was kind of interesting. It's kind of right. to all right. modern stuff. So Sounds interesting. Uh. I like this one. I like this one a lot. Uh, th <laughs> this one tickled my funny bone. Um, this one reminded me of an old story in IT of the speed of light uh, as related to email transmission. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, Rhett. No, I don't think I have. Okay. So I believe this was at a university in South Carolina. Um, and there was an IT... Uh, IT administrator, systems administrator there. And he got a, a weird um, help ticket one day from the statistics department, from the head of the statistics department. And uh, he says, okay, this should be good. I can't send email was the title of the help ticket. He goes, well, you just sent me an email, so I know that's wrong. <laughs> um, the email read, I cannot send email further than 500 miles. <laughs> okay and because it's the statistics department they had actually gone through and analyzed how far he can send email and where the problem must lie and so this guy had charts that he submitted along with the help ticket explaining that he can email Oklahoma which is like 420 miles but he couldn't email Arizona which is 680 and he could he could email Mississippi but he couldn't email like Iowa and he could like like he had it like narrowed down like he sent emails to like all of his colleagues across all the different universities and in and, and all their statistics department and he could only email within like this 510 mile radius is what he found um and so the IT guy is going there's no freaking way that's true. Like, what the what the hell is wrong with you? Um, and uh, they started digging into it. And the problem turned out to be a problem with the mail server that the university was hosting that had an invalid time to live stamp. Uh. And the time to live was two. It was two milliseconds. And what they figured... 
20 milliseconds. It was some That's some crazy, some crazy short amount that it should not have been. Get. So the speed of electricity is equal to the speed of light. And the speed of light is blah, 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 blah. And in 20 milliseconds, this light can travel about 505 miles. <laughs> <laughs> and so it actually ended up being that he could not email further than 500 miles because of a time to live problem on the mail server. Oh my God. <laughs> Could you imagine solving that? Like, right. that would just be incredible. This is kind of like, this reminded me of that story. That, I, yeah, that, totally. I could see that. Right. Um, so this is a story that comes out of Wales. Um, it's a small village in Wales. Um, and uh, the person that ended up being at fault wishes to remain anonymous, and I fully grant them that courtesy. How's that? <laughs> um, so... It turns out this small village in Wales, every morning, every day, without fail, at 7 o'clock a.m., the internet would stop working for the entire town. Um, every single morning for 18 months <laughs> at 7 o'clock, the internet would stop working. Uh, they decided after months and months of complaining to recable the entire town at the cost of a couple million dollars. Oh no. Which didn't solve the issue. They had all new equipment, all new cabling, they ran all new lines. Every morning, 7 a.m., without fail, the internet would stop. Right? Um, eventually, they would send out two or three testers per day with spectrum analyzers that they would plug into the neighborhood hubs at seven o'clock AM and they would watch the spike and they would try to triangulate where that spike was coming from. Cause they could see a signal that was being generated at 7 AM, which was killing the, the broadband signal for the town. Um, and so there's three guys on random street corners at seven o'clock every single morning for 18 months. Standing there going, okay, there it is. Now it's weaker here. Let's go to the next block. No, oh, oh, it's stronger here. Let's keep going. Um, for 18 months, this went on. What turned out happening was um, some individual in the town had a, a decades-old TV that they had cobbled together and were hooking up to cable TV. And every morning, their alarm went off at 6.30. They would wake up have a cup of coffee, and at seven o'clock sharp, they would turn on their TV. And that TV was generating enough signal and noise that it was disrupting the broadband in the entire town. <laughs> and they finally figured it out that this person had been killing broadband for the entire town. And the person was mortified, I guess, and, and wishes not to be named. Uh, and I don't blame them because no. there's probably angry mobs with pitchforks I mean, raring to go. What an innocent mistake, though, in a way. Too, right. You know. Right. I mean, unless uh, it's not. But right. <laughs> but and it so, feels like a mistake anybody could make. So that so they finally like said, "Can you just unplug your TV for a day? We want to see if it happens tomorrow." And tomorrow came, and the internet stayed on. Uh, uh. <laughs> if I was that town, I so so. There's two mindsets. Number one. You've denied us internet for 18 months. You must die. Head on a pike kind of thing. Yeah. There's the second mindset. I want to buy you a new TV. 
Right, yeah. So this never happens again. Yeah. Can you please Can I buy you like an 88-inch OLED? <laughs> what do you need that'll never need to be upgraded again? Right. <laughs> we got I want to buy you whatever TV you need for the rest of your life. Sir, when you're sick of this one, please call me. <laughs> right. So uh, people might remember, I went through a similar situation back in, in my old town, in my old house, uh, where for six months, my internet would just randomly die. Um, and a couple of times it happened during the show and, uh, and we'd be like mid sentence and it would just go, nope, I'm not going to play anymore. And it ended up being uh, a bad, uh, transfer switch some three or 400 yards away from my house that and they I, finally narrowed down. Him, you helped him track it down, didn't you? Right. I did. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I, I helped him triangulate the time of day that it was happening and, and everything else. And it, it was probably a similar situation where some device was turning on at a certain time of day and random times. And, uh, but no, I, I helped them track down at least the timestamps and, and help them at least guide them in the right direction. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but I was at the end of the circuit. Um, and so I, and, and it was only affecting down to certain limits. And so you would still have internet. <laughs> there it is. Excuse me. Um, you would still have internet, but you would have like, Salute. Launch up. You would still have internet, um, but you would have like five megs of internet. Now, most people, they're like, God dang it. <laughs> Goodness. Um, most people with five megs of internet, they're go, oh, my Netflix is a little crunchier than late than normal. Uh, when I have five megs of internet, I can't stream anymore. And so yeah. it becomes a major issue with trying to produce content. And so for most people, it's like, oh, my internet's really slow. For me, it's like, you're interrupting my business workflow. And, uh, and so this needs to be addressed and you need to find this issue. And, and I had them out to my house multiple times, um, uh, we correct and we corrected like one issue at a time. Uh, one of the issues was um, they had upgraded the neighborhood to to better coax, but they had never upgraded our our local switch. And so they upgraded the local switch, and and that helped kinda, but it didn't fix it. And then uh, I said, okay, well, is it a problem between the switch and my house? Is it a problem with the cable run there? And uh, they said, well, maybe. Let's take a look at your cable and let's take a look at signal, signal noise just on like your local cable. And as it turns out, they had uh, buried the cable under my driveway, but they had not used any conduit. And uh, uh, so, and the cable was old for the time that it was installed in 1998. They, they had used like some old backstock cable instead of the new shielded stuff. And so it was older cable that came off the back of a truck and it was underground for 20 plus years. And uh, so they went, yeah, let's go ahead and just trench you a new cable. And I said, okay, what's that going to cost? I said, no, 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 this one's on us because this should have been done a long time ago. And uh, so they came into my yard and they trenched my entire yard under my driveway along the side of the house, punched a new line into the house. Still didn't help. <laughs> and uh, so then we went out further and further and uh, eventually got, you know, way down the line of... Uh, troubleshooting is like you're you're well beyond my scope like i can see to the switch that's as far as i can see um but yeah i had to help them track that down and they finally got it fixed and so for the last six months i had clean internet 
And uh, of course, the month we were planning on selling our house or the month we listed our house, I got a notice on my front door that said, fiber is coming to your area. And uh, literally the day I was moving out of my house, they were digging in my front yard a new fiber line. That I was hurts. so mad. I was so mad. Yeah, my old house has gig fiber now. And you'll never have it over here. Sorry, buddy. Nope. Nope. Uh, they were running new fiber up the main road of my street, but I think that was for a business that went in at the end of the hill. So, yep, it's going to be a while. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. I saw some places over there are getting like two gig fiber now. Yep. Could be wrong about that, but... I'm going to sneeze again. Once You're making me sneeze. What's the like uh, Arabic one? I'm going to butcher it. I'm not going to say it, but you know, there's, there's like the, the Gazood height one in Arabic. It's a good one. Y'all know. Google it. I wonder what it would be, you know, in the land of Morrowind. That's quality television right there. <laughs> Gosh. It's all right. Should have won an Emmy for what just came out of my nose. Holy real, crap. real news anchors are just hopped up on antihistamines nonstop. So yeah, that's why that, their eyes don't even get watery. Yep. And it's not even professionally. It's just recreationally. <laughs> just chugging Benadryl right before the show. <laughs> right. That's why most of them have like a droopy lip. Yeah. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Here's Scott with weather. Saturday is coming. <laughs> All right. Last uh, story in our roster, folks. Yes. This is a big one. Y'all been waiting for it because if there's one thing um, that I'm passionate about almost as much as uh, Morrowind, it's the fact that I was not duped when I bought No Man's Sky. You don't have to keep bringing that up. I know. I just like to... I, it's like the I am very smart subreddit, you know? Uh, I was... A lot of people were, and I do not blame yeah. them. However, I take immense satisfaction and vindication in saying that you just bought an early release title, and here it is, baby. Uh, biggest. Newest. Well, if what's his name wouldn't have sold it as hyped as he did, and if they wouldn't have pre-rendered all of the gameplay that was live on stage for. Yeah, a hundred percent. Soon for marketing. Yep. Um, <laughs> look. I wrote, had, I wrote Valve an angry letter. I did. We've already or had angry disagreements email. about this out and, yep. out on the show. Um, and that's fine. Ultimately, I do not think that you are wrong for feeling the way you do. I, 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 I have been duped by video game marketers for the last time decades ago. Um, and so when No Man's Sky didn't quite live up, I was like, yeah, that's uh -huh. about right. <laughs> you know, but... They continually update the game, and every update, I swear to God, it surpasses expectations. And, for uh, free. For That's free. the point I want to drive home. Every single update that has ever been done to No Man's Sky, every content ad, every DLC, it has been free. No money. They have received no no money outside of original game purchases. Yeah. Um. And the amount of content that No Man's Sky has come out with is mind-boggling. Yeah. 
Uh, I tried to play it um, a couple, uh, you know, maybe a couple weeks ago with some friends, and it, it was just a completely different experience. It was a little overwhelming, even. Mm -hmm. And I am, you know, I probably have like a hundred hours in the game before then. Um, but this is the newest update. It is it's No Man's Sky 3.0, aka No Man's Sky Origins. And oh my God, it's it's. I I, I read something that. Uh, it adds something like double the content that it had. It gives you new lighting conditions, new colors, new creatures, new weather. It's all right there. New planets, billions of new planets to explore. Um, alien buildings. Um, gravitational shifts. Holy crap, I missed that one before. Volcanoes, lightning, rogue robots. Um, Again, it's like, what was the last big update? You may as well have just called it No Man's Sky 2. Now we're coming in. This is No Man's Sky 3. And right. it is free. If you bought the game at launch, as I did, this is yours. This is your gift for waiting and being patient and yep. coming back to it. It looks incredible. Uh, I was going to try and, and, and uh, start it up before the show started, just so I could give you guys a little bit more of, a, of an idea of some of the things that are included with this but one of the things i was reading is that just like the weather on planets is like mind-blowing like somebody was saying like the lighting in terms of the storms and clouds and stuff is really cool and intense um which is like weather on these planets like oh my god like remember when people's biggest gripe was you land on a planet it's like all the same well mm -hmm. now there's freaking weather um so i don't know i don't know what to say because i haven't played it yet but all of the reviews are very positive just the laundry list of content added super cool um check it out if you guys are fans of no if you guys had already bought in what do you got to lose at this point you may as well see if you got your money's worth right um i will say i bought it at release i played it for 13 hours just trying to get my ship up and running and the entire time i'm thinking there's got to be a little bit more than this yeah. like once i get yeah. off planet it's going to be good and Steam's refund policy is if you've played it less than two hours, you can get a full refund. And But it took 13 hours to get off world and realize there's nothing else. Did it really take you 13 hours to get off world? Well, I meandered. It's supposed oh, okay. to be an, ex okay. an exploration game. game. Yeah, 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 I'm playing yeah. the game. And so, you know, yeah, by the time I got off world and... Uh, would you have really refunded it, you think? I would have. I tried. Yeah. I tried. I, I was I was a little bit upset yeah. once I had gotten off world and went. There's three aliens. There's one space. There there's five spaceships. There's three aliens. There's one space station, and there's yeah. four biomes with the worst creatures I've ever seen in my life. I like them. <laughs> I went. This is not the game. This is not the game that the trailer depicts. This is not the game that the description says this is not it's not even close you know it's funny because you must have been so kind to me the first time that i went on a no man's sky rant um it was uh at the second craft competing studios and i just went on this epic rant about being tricked by games and all this sort of stuff and, and you were like you were and I, I, I i read straight through no man's sky and i knew that was book and i went i bought it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't, uh, you know, the thing is, you're not alone. And I'm just a no. cynical, like, that's the thing. You, t I'm talking about spending money on new games. No Man's Sky was one such game. And uh, I'm, I was super cynical. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't 
necessarily disappointed, but I think I just knew what I was getting into. You know, it's like I knew it's like I had lower expectations, so it's a little harder to be disappointed. And I'm not saying I didn't have fun because, again, I, I probably spent 50, 60, 70 hours in the game before the first update ever came out. And, and it wasn't all at once. I think I played it a bunch. And I was like, all right, I get it. Moving on to something else. Um, yeah. You know, I, I spent 13 hours the first day and a half um, just exploring, figuring out the controls, you know. Um, when I find a game that I want to play at length, I will play it at length. I savor oh, yeah. everything. I don't move on until I have to move on. Oh, yeah. Um, Red Dead Redemption, I did that. GTA Five, I did that. Yeah, you I got know. like 500 hours in Red Dead. Somehow. Right. In single player mode. Right, single player, right. I don't even know how that's possible. Right. <laughs> like, I hate long extended, like, prologue things. Mm -hmm. That game has a long extended prologue thing. I started over, like, not that long ago. And I was like, wow, this is great. I never say that. No, if you're going right. to force me, oh, God. Like, it was like when I played Metal Gear Solid Five. How did I make it through the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Five? It's like 90 minutes of a crawling simulator. You're literally crawling. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. And uh that's a weird one. How did I make it through? But then you're rewarded with this amazing game. That being said, I don't know how any Tomb Raider game is successful today. Yeah, I, I have know. no idea. What about that? The, they are they are they are press X now. Press forward now. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, press know, X to see was, this pre-done animation. Last one I played was uh, Tomb Raider and the Guardian of the Light, and that was really good. See, I, I have to benchmark uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider as yeah. part of my benchmark suite because it's one of the most popular ones and it's one of the only ones that supports RTX Shadows. Yeah. And I've had to play the missions over and over and over again. And uh, it's a dreadful game. Oh, yeah. It's a horrible game. 100%. I mean, has the Tomb Raider game ever been good? The first one? You know, what's weird is, like, my memory of that game is entirely, like, choosing to run around and, like, explore the mansion. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's, like, what's in my memory. Thanks. Um, yeah. Yep. And I guess I never really played any after that. I don't know. Yep. The movie was okay. For a kid. <laughs> I did like the Tomb Raider movies. I, I liked the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider yeah, movies. The first one was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, there was Tomb Raider and then there was what? Cradle of Life? I, I thought they were both pretty good. Cradle of Life was pretty good too. I think yeah. I only saw that one once. But I had like the VHS of the first one and I watched it all the time. Yeah. It's like basically what's, what's, like what's really funny treasure, about What's guns. really funny about Cradle of Life is listening to Angelina Jolie do a fake British accent while Daniel Craig's doing a fake American accent. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny how much I ate that up as a kid and then you get older and you hear how fake it is. Yeah. Like, Ooh, how did I ever buy that? Yeah. It's like watching BBC Sherlock and then watching the Robert Downey Jr. ones and you're like, man, <laughs> he gives a good effort, but it is garbage. Right. <laughs> right. But no, there's a, there's multiple scenes between just those two characters with Daniel Craig and, uh, and <laughs> yeah, Angelina yes. Jolie. And, and it's so funny them trying to mimic each other's accent. Painful, Daniel right? Craig's trying to go Texas. He sounds like redneck Australian. <laughs> <laughs> this is a knife. Yeah, um, this is a knife. <laughs> yeah, it's cinema gold. 
there's a lot of interesting movies from that era but uh anyway so hopefully you guys enjoy that uh no man's sky etc that's is there it. any is there anything we didn't talk about anything you want to know about anything you want to hear our opinion on anything you want to ask us ask us now the floor is yours while we're waiting for questions i want to i want to give a shout out to um you know, it's all over. It's all over Twitter. People are talking about it, so it's nothing special. But I, I watched the Social Dilemma last night, huh? a documentary about the dangers of social media, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it. It's a little—I'd say it's a little long for the message it delivers. I think you kind of get what they're going for within 30, 45 minutes. But uh, it's just—it's it, it, definitely worth the watch. And um, strangely enough, shortly before I watched it, a couple days before I deleted my Facebook account for good. So. Uh, and that movie just like vindicated my actions. So check it out if you haven't watched it. And uh, you wanted to say something else. You want to talk about something else. What was that? That was it. That was it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, it was just interesting seeing how dangerous and like manipulative social media is. And I ain't got time for that. You know, I want to go on Twitter and rage. Holy crap, it's real. What? Uh, someone wanted our opinion on this the galax rtx 3090 lego edition (laughs) holy crap it's real wow that looks great i want one call them up i totally want one oh my god that's amazing (laughs) wow that looks fantastic it looks great i totally want one (laughs) dude a lego themed build would be pretty dope right i could see that working really well that is so cool i want one um i'm literally going to email galax after this show (laughs) i want one they're watching right now i usually have legos in the background of my show i i like legos i i go out and buy star wars lego sets all the time i i want that card I want that card. I have to have that card. Anything That's else? amazing. Anybody want to ask me about more of my RPGs? Got Shadowrun up there. Yeah. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. You got V5 up there? Or what, what are you rocking? For Shadowrun? Yeah. V1, dog. Oh, yeah. It's the original. 1980. God, is this the original? I'm going to look stupid if it's not. oh look at that survived a house fire um what is this 1989 that's when this was printed is that the original or is 82 the original Uh, i don't remember maybe this is second edition is there only um, two editions out there? Someone someone asked a while ago if I play tabletop games. Um, I'm aware of tabletop games. I I know of a lot of tabletop games. I don't actively play, and a big reason for that is what has been my lifestyle over the last five years, which has been working full time, raising two kids, and also trying to do YouTube full time. Um, so I have had no free time. We can change that. We can change that. Yeah, you you ever you ever want to, you know, I got into YouTube. I got into starting to do YouTube because I enjoyed playing games and I wanted to do something with my hobby. And I enjoyed building computers more. I, I really did. 
Um, and, and I enjoy tinkering with servers and doing home lab stuff that, that just satisfies me on a, on a deep philosophical level. Um, but I got into it because it's like, well, I, I'd have fun if I did it more and if I was able to like show my passion for things, right? The thing is, you end up spending all of your time working on it and none of your time enjoying it. Yeah. And so I went from like playing an hour to 90 minutes of video games a night after my kids went to bed and, and binging on the weekend sometimes and watching Breaking Bad and do, doing all these other things to now I'm filming and editing and recording and scripting videos and, and thinking about the next video and what's the next project and whatnot. So I, I have access to hardware I never thought I would ever have access to and I can't play games with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do now. Yeah. I love it. Um, See, but there's, totally... there's a downside. There's Tabletop is totally, you know, it is that's a problem it's a it's a huge time commitment mm -hmm. and uh even you know one of the one of the games i was playing uh with some friends recently uh, is a rules light uh based off the uh apocalypse world um powered by the apocalypse uh game rules set and it's rules light but even still it's like i was saying it's like the best thing about this game is it's an urban fantasy style game it's very mm -hmm. like drama story based improv based um, you only roll six-sided dice. Um, like, Roman says tabletop sim, anyone? Actually, that's what we started doing during quarantine was playing tabletop sim yeah. um, a lot. Um, uh, for the first couple of months, we got together every single Saturday and we played games against humanity nice. <laughs> on tabletop sim. They got D&D &D on there too. They got D&D. &D, they, uh, they have Hero Quest. Yeah. Yeah. I I never really got into a lot of the 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 long Rules drawn out heavy. tabletop games yeah. the 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 heavy tabletop the games you know. allies, the right guns, the... um I I played a lot of the the single you know the the two hour games where Catan. uh Catan uh, Hero Quest uh Dragonlance yeah. um those style games those are really really what I enjoy playing. Uh, it's the monopoly of of dragon of uh, Dungeons Adventure and Dragons. Games. I fully fully admit that, yeah. but I enjoy the hell out of it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's the thing. Right. I was thinking too. I I, I posted a link a, a couple weeks ago in the in the chat between uh, the other Talking Heads hosts, and uh, because they have a, a Star Trek ttrpg and i was like oh this would be it we should like stream a couple sessions i'll run it you know i i have some star trek uh uh playing card games oh yeah there's some good ones out there yep there's some really good classic star trek or trading card game yeah yeah trading card yep. games there's some really good classic star wars trading cards games yep um yeah. I, I have a stack like that of nice. star trek yep that'd be a lot of fun to get into i wonder if anyone scanned those into tabletop yet that could be fun. Might have. If not, you should. I should. I should scan my collection and see if I can start uh, start gathering. That'd be a lot what of fun. What else is out there? Any other questions, thoughts? God, what else has happened out, out there? I feel like more has happened to me since the last time we talked. But um, I can breathe again. Oh God! The most obvious news we just glossed right over it. Yeah, yeah. breathing. <laughs> I'm never taking breathing for granted again. God, wasn't that depressing? Already. That was 
already just so on edge and worried about being inside from other things happening in the world right and now you definitely you can't even go outside it was awful it's like hey remember when you could have a porch beer with people not right anymore. Not i can't even walk to my car and every day i come back and it's in my hair and my clothes it smells like yep. i've been camping all i'm weekend. i'm i'm still opening my car and ash is blowing out from the seams Same. and i've washed the car since yeah it's in the it's in my trunk somehow like it's in it's in the trunk it's in the vents it's, it's everywhere yeah there's piles of it in my driveway still yeah um yeah it's awful yeah i got my car it sits under a tree so it gets all this sap mm-hmm. and now it's just got this coat of ash over it it's like eh, yeah whatever um yeah the whole thing it, it's a mess but yeah we can breathe again so that's a good question. Uh, Jaden just asked, how did I get into IT? Is it just a personal love of computers? Um, part of it no, definitely was. 100%. Right. Part of it was a personal love of computers. Part of it was um, I would fall asleep reading about whatever the newest tech was, whether it was enterprise, consumer, gamer, whatever. Um, I would just surf tech blogs and 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 read whatever the newest technology was. And and to some extent, I still do that every single day. Um, but uh, it was a love of doing, a lot of my IT was a love of helping and coming up with, with solutions to situations that others wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, and I became very good at it over the years um, of, you you have the CEO coming into an office and saying, I want to see this and I, I think it should be done this way. And I said, okay, what if I give you the results you want, but you let me do it the way I need to do it? Well, okay. And I'm really freaking good at that. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a love of tech. It was a love of helping people because tech is, especially if you look at like help desk, you're working with people. You're not working with computers. You're working with people. Um, you have to get really good at interpreting what a help desk ticket means. Um, you have to learn to know, um, gosh, what's a great example? I'm trying to think of a common thing that always came up that like this obscure tech problem that would come up that we'd get a help desk ticket for and I go, oh, it's this. Um, Oh, uh, some of our marketing people with laptops. Um, they would uh, they would travel around, they'd have laptops with them and they'd have PowerPoint clickers so they could go through their presentations. And we'd get emails every once in a while that they were working at their desks and they couldn't move their mouse or their mouse was constantly going to the top right corner. So the email reply was like, well, have you checked your mouse? Have you restarted? Have you done this? Have you done that? That was like the standard like help desk response. And the standard response after I figured out what the bloody hell the problem was, was turn off your PowerPoint remote because something is laying on the mouse cursor on it and it's moving your mouse inside your laptop. So if you turn it off, it'll stop happening. Um, So learning how to interpret what people are saying is the problem versus what is the actual problem and then giving them instructions on how to fix it. That's a great skill. Um, But... I've also been one who's constantly learning. I I love learning new things. I love 
experimenting. I love doing a whole bunch of things. So yeah, it's, it's just a love for tech and it's a love for what's out there to learn. Um, I got lucky. I got hired on as a help desk tech and studied my ass off and four years later became um, a server administrator, network administrator, um, and a couple years later became an IT manager and kind of went from there. So um, no college, no college training as far as that goes. I mean, I have some college under my belt, not a degree, but um, I got lucky getting into it, so. You're you're telling me that you didn't analyze the market trends and realize that technology is one of the fastest growing sectors out there? Well, I did, but not in the way that you think, because I went to college to be a music education major. I was going to be a band teacher. Love it. Right? <laughs> and then about the a- fastest growing field, by the way. Right. And then about 18 <laughs> months in, I thought back, I, I had like this, I had that moment of realization of what am I doing with my life? Um, where I, I love music. I love everything about it. I, and, and I especially love band. I, I especially love band music, orchestra music, orchestral, you know, arrangement and, and whatnot. I was going to be a band teacher. And, uh, I thought back to all of the band teachers I'd ever had in my life and how all of them had been there for 40 years and there were no positions coming available. <laughs> And I went, oh God, I don't want to have to travel 800 miles to find a job at, in, you know, Bumsville, Illinois, because that's the only band position available. And then they're just going to cut it when the football team runs out of money. I didn't want that for a future. I didn't want that for a job. I didn't want that for, and I went, well, maybe I could be a musician. I could be a performer. I could do this. I could do that. You know, you... There's cruise ships. There's cover bands. There, there's a whole bunch cruise of different ships is a avenues. Big one that people oh yeah, Good totally. For um, that. Right? No, I I was gonna play jazz saxophone on a cruise ship. Yeah. That was that was in my like like one of four choices that I had was Same I'm gonna here. go <laughs> I'm gonna go join a cruise ship and play play alto sax for a living. Totally. Um, yeah, that was one of the things I looked at, but uh, but I went. If I'm not playing for myself, I'm not enjoying it. Like I enjoy just playing with a band and playing with a group of friends and, and, and doing that kind of thing. But as soon as it became a job, and I've had a couple of jobs as a musician. I've, I've had a couple couple regimented bands that I've, I've joined and I've, I've had a couple of groups that I've joined. Um, the joy was sucked out of it very, very quickly for me. And, uh, and so between that and the job availability, of being either a a classically trained musician or a band teacher, <laughs> the opportunities are few and far between. And so, I decided to study up a little bit on IT, um, double down on what I was passionate about, and then just go for it. So that's how I got in there. Smart. Uh, Jeff, what would you name your band if you made one? <sighs> I don't know. Pillow talk. Pillow talk. <laughs> um, so I like I like listening and playing all kinds of music. And when I say all kinds of music, I don't mean I mean I don't care what it is. I appreciate it and I enjoy it. 
Um, I can't necessarily say that for all genres within rap. There's probably uh, something for you, though. That, that's right. what I say about but, every genre. But I, there's but, something for everyone. But there's still some things that I appreciate within rap. Like, like rap is my least favorite. But I'll still listen to it occasionally. Um, but Especially, I bet you got some 90s jams in there. Oh, God, yeah. I, I've I've got everything from the 50s to current I, and, and everything in between. Um, I've got Benny Goodman and Artie Shaw and... Uh, um, <laughs> Oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank on names. Um saxophone dude, not Kenny G, but the other one. John Coltrane or something. Coltrane, Coltrane, thank you. Coltrane. Uh, you know, Benny Goodwin, Artie Shaw, Coltrane to Matchbox 20 to the list goes on forever. Dire Straits. Dire Straits is probably one of my favorite bands of all time. Dude, Sultan's a swing. Yes. Like my, I don't know what it is about that song, but I idolize the guitar playing in that song. It's yes. Really cool. So yeah, they are as big as band as they were. I always feel like they are underappreciated. Well, I think it's because they're like their popular songs are just so varied. Like yeah. you look at Sultans of Swing compared to, you know, what's the one song? There's uh, Brothers in Arms. There's uh, MTV. Money for nothing. Money for nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's like. Um, yeah, and the brothers, and all three of those songs are different. Like you right. listen to them, and they're just completely they're wildly different. Which is fine, but I think, and a lot of people like that and appreciate that. But when you're looking at like the radio singles, like I think what really helps a band stick is when the songs have like a similar thing. Like I never knew that "Money for Nothing" was Dire Straits until like recently, like just based <laughs> on, like off the radio. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, but you listen to Pearl Jam. And you can you know Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder's voice right like the, the you know who album. Pearl Jam is right, you know exactly. who U two is you right, know exactly. you know who uh, you know there's go down the list you know like who Van Halen is you know who and there's nothing wrong with like you know who the Eagles are you know you know yeah you, you go down the list and you go yeah this song belongs to this band because that's their sound yeah and then you listen to Dire Straits and while sometimes the vocals. You can nail the vocals because they're a little bit airy. They're a little yeah. bit, but but the the style of the songs are wildly different from one to another. Yeah, especially especially their popular songs. Yeah, and, and that's one thing. Like you can get popular as a band because you play, you know, a certain style. But if that's only twenty percent of your catalog, and the other the other eighty percent is this other style, then you're still going to only be known for that twenty percent. You know, and, you, again, you know, a journey song, you know, right. uh, and again, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just, again, I think it's like part of what kind of doesn't, it just makes it hard to recognize that that's what you're listening to. So you're not going to question of commands. I apologize. Um, I, I, I was, I was looking for Coltrane and I said that saxophone guy. And then what sprung to my head is Kenny G. And I went, no, 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 not the guy that you're going to say, stop <laughs> it. So take no offense to to what to my train of thought there but i went the saxophone guy the really good one oh shut up <laughs> do not say that name um mr pentatonic scale <laughs> i play five notes i've sold 10 million records <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that either yep 
if I could play five notes and sell 10 million records, yeah. I would in a heartbeat. Right? In a heartbeat. Everybody yep. knocks on all the popular, you know, like Taylor Swift's one that gets a lot of crap for that. I'm like, but you would do it if you could too. Like, I'd do it. Right. Sometimes it doesn't pay to be the best player ever. If you look at the most technical guitar player, most technical singers of all time, they're not the most famous making the most money. Right. Like, I'm not saying that making the most money is what you want to do in the music industry, but like it helps. Right. <laughs> um, one of the best guitar solos, in my opinion, of all time uh, is in my Sharona. <laughs> There's three of them in there and they are all different and they are all freaking amazing. And you wouldn't like everyone else. My, 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 my yeah. Sharona. Everyone knows the, the, the punchlines and, and, uh, Ooh, my little pretty one, a pretty one. Like everyone knows that song, but the guitar solos in that song, I'm telling you are godlike. Um, as far as like a technical perspective, as far as like a, a feel and, and rhythm perspective, they're amazing. And they don't get the credit they deserve because the, the knack is only known for my Sharona. And that's the only song that anyone ever listened to them to. Um, Stephen Lynch is an amazing rhythm guitarist, but he's a comedian, so he doesn't get any credit for it. <laughs> you want a Tony? I'm right. Singing, I guess, though, but still. Yeah. His, want a uh, Tony? Oh, wait, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I love that bit. It's so funny. <laughs> but, uh, singing, yeah, again, dancing. Doesn't pay to be the best. Right. It um, pays to be marketable. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Else Will we, we ever get more Jeff playing instruments on stream? Um, maybe. Maybe. That was a long time ago. And actually, I, I even went into YouTube and I excluded that from the stream. So Ooh. the last time doesn't exist anymore. Wow. Yeah. I went that far. Guess we're going to have to do it. Uh, I could jam out a little rhythm real quick if anyone wants. We should do one of those, uh, you know, like, I don't know what to call them other than like acapella videos or whatever. Not like legit acapella, but like, you know, get all four of us. I, I don't. I guess I don't the, know. The, the Zoom and everyone plays a part kind of thing. Yeah, but like yeah. we just record it, like we record ourselves and then we'll send it to you and you can mash together in some sort of fun video or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell you what, let me, let me grab something real quick and I'll... We'll end with this. Right. So, I will uh, accompany, of course, naturally, if I can find my. <laughs> All right. Let me know. I love my baritone uke. I, I love ukuleles, um, especially a baritone uke. It's it's one of my favorite instruments.
really dope. <laughs> that was really good. Yep. So there you go. What I love about that is everybody, presumably, at least, you know, in my world, everybody presumably knew what you were playing like within the first two or three notes. Yep. Bum, 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 bum. I know that. Right. <laughs> That's why I love that one. Um, is uh, It's Hotel California by the Eagles, for those who don't know. Uh, With Joe Walsh on the lead guitar, yeah. baby. Yep. Yep. You know what Joe Walsh song is so good? It's featured in the Ricklantis mix-up uh the city dude oh yeah song. so good i've heard there was a secret chord that david played and it pleased the lord but you don't really care for music do is all i want to do is join in i know Dang lag though. but you know you're on delay and you can't <laughs> yep that's why i settled for just a... um so uh no i, I actually spent a good ch- so I, I took a vacation a couple weeks ago i we went uh camping for four days um which was amazing we went and sat by the river right before it caught fire um <laughs> and uh, uh spent four days just relaxing on the river and no one knew I was gone. No one knew where I was. And it was great. I just unplugged and I literally sat by the river for like three straight days and did nothing but play guitar, ukulele or bass or anything else like that. Um, and, uh, I actually challenged myself to learn some, uh, some Ed Sheeran songs, which was a, a really interesting journey to take myself on. Um, but, uh, I tried my hardest to learn how to, uh, play and sing uh, "Icy Fire." I don't know if you that if you know that one, the Hobbit song. Oh, yeah. Icy fire, blood in the breeze. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, I actually got it down on the uke, which is crazy. Now it's it's still just like slightly outside of my vocal range because Ed Sheeran's freaking crazy. Yeah, he's um, talented. But I got it down on the guitar or on on the uke, and so um, I'm not gonna play it here for anyone. Um, because uh, it's also been a couple weeks since I played it, so I would have to uh, now do uh, now do is a somewhere over the rainbow. Um, you know what? That's tell you what. We'll end with that, and then we're gonna end. Um, and I'll accompany on slide whistle. <laughs> on slide whistle. There you go. All right. So, because you guys asked for it, here is a. Uh, Somewhere over the rainbow. I'm going to take the earphones out too. And I will behave.
My bad. Music was scrolling too fast, and so I was losing the tabs. But there you go. Perfect. There you go. No. Well, now we're gonna have to do a weekly stream where we where we're jamming. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a music channel. That's how that works. Well, if the uh, you know if the tech thing doesn't work out, I'll always just become a music streamer. So. <laughs> I was trying to find it. <laughs> oh, anyway, thank you all for so much for joining episode 151 here on Talking Heads on Craft Computing. Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. Uh, Rhett, do you have anything to plug for uh, Game Devs Quest? Nothing really. Uh, Nothing really? We're, we're available at all times. GameDevsQuest.com. Episodes are a little sparse right now. We got one in the pipeline that should be coming out anytime and a couple more to follow. But uh, we're, we're, we're hit and miss on the weekly schedule anymore. So if you guys are interested in coming in and, and learning about uh, indie game dev and seeing what other people are working on, um, Game Devs Quest is the home for all links related, including to our public Discord server. Um, yeah, you can find everything there. Nice. Uh, make sure to follow Rhett on Twitter at Rhett is Awesome or at Game Devs Quest to keep up with uh, both personal and private, or uh, private and business, I should say. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. Uh, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. And if you like the content you see on this channel and want to help support us in what we do, make sure to join the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. You will get exclusive access to the Discord server where you can chat with myself, Rhett, Steve, John, and all of the hosts from Talking Heads and join the ever-growing community over there. And you help me keep the lights on in this room. Uh, I think that's going to do it for the show. Thank you all so much for watching. And as always, we'll see you next week. Bye, all.